This lecture is brought to you by Knox Theological Seminary on iTunes U. Knox is a seminary in the tradition of the Reformation that exists to educate men and women to declare and demonstrate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that this teaching will be beneficial in your Christian life and ministry. What if I'd done something in my, you know, built something up only to see it collapse? Would I feel that somehow God had deserted me, that God had, uh, you know, withdrawn his favor, that, that really I was condemned for this? It would be very easy to think this. But, of course, if, and very human, and, and I, I'm not saying I wouldn't think, I mean, I think, well, you know, God has made me a failure from the start, which is really great, because I, I, won't, I won't ever get to the point of feeling that I've achieved something and, you know, seen it fall apart. It never got started. Um, but, but imagine, you know, if, if, if this were to happen, uh, and I think this is, this, is, this is trusting in works, is salvation by works. As long as I'm a success, it's fine. If I'm a failure all of a sudden, you know, um, then my life falls apart and, and it's all gone. Um, and look at the Apostle Paul, you see, I mean, in his career. And what does he say when he starts boasting about his career? What does he say? He said, I've been in prison often, I've been shipwrecked, I've been beaten, I've been, you know, kicked here and there and everywhere and thrown on. I mean, it's hardly a kind of resume that you would submit, uh, you know, to, for your next job um, and so on. And yet it's, it's, it's what had happened to him and how through all of these terrible things, you know, he'd come out at the end and said, I fought the good fight, I've kept the faith, uh, I know that there's a crown, you know, a reward for me in heaven. He wasn't trust, trusting, you know, in his success, but in his faithfulness, in his obedience. And he knew, because he knew he was on this journey, he knew what the destiny was. You know, he knew where he was going. And that's the most important thing. And we need to say this, we need to remember this, and particularly those of us who are called into ministry need to know this. Because the ministry, any kind of ministry, is a very demanding and very cruel profession. You know, ministry will eat you up. Um, because, because people will eat you up. And they do. Um, and some of them... Uh, you know, they almost set that as a goal um, uh, in, in their lives. They want to do that, uh, you know, drag the, drag the priest down, drag the pastor down. He's no better than we are. You know, pull him down, show, him what, show the world what it is really like and so on. And you can easily be the victim of this kind of thing. And uh, you have to say to yourself, but, but, but God is leading me. God is in control. God is in control of my life. Now, knowing this gives us the courage to carry on, gives us the assurance that what we are doing is, um, is right. And gives us a sense of priority as well. Because again, this is something important. And it's something that we... we 
learn more about, I think, as we get older. Um, I saw a book a little while ago which was titled was something like, Why Does Time Go Faster When You Get Older? And I didn't pick up the book because I'm not sure I really wanted to know the answer. I kind of felt, well, I, I, you're quite right, it does go faster when you get older, but I'm not sure I need to know why. I, I haven't really got time to find out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> time is just going too fast. I've got so much to do uh, before, before it does. But you, 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 But what it does is you focus more clearly on... Uh, on what matters and where you're going, you know, you you, it, it's an amazing filter uh, for priorities. Um, you know, when you're young, you do everything and do all kinds of things and don't really think about it. But as you get older, you 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 kind of uh, husband your time a little bit more because you haven't got that much of it left. Um, and I, I mean, I'm 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 moving into this stage now in my own life, and I. It's really interesting because my whole approach to this, you see, is different. And predestination has become much more important to me personally in my own sense of walk with God and my own sense of my own salvation than it ever was before. Because I'm thinking to myself, well, the, the goal is in sight. You know, the destiny is there. I mean, how much longer have I got? Um, I mean, I don't know. You know, I may have five minutes. I may have I may have twenty years, but I haven't got fifty years. Uh, you know, as some of you might have. Uh, and uh, I always say to people, it's one of the nice things about getting older is that you know you're getting closer to the end. You know, when you're twenty, of course, it's true that you can die any time. I mean, a twenty-year-old can die in five minutes from now, just as I can. I mean, it's that way is true. But given the natural sort of progression of life, a 20-year-old could live for another 50, 60, 70 years, you know, without any too much trouble. But, you know, an 85-year-old isn't going to live that long and knows it. And, and I said, well, that's And we should be grateful. We should be thankful. We should rejoice in this because we know that our time is coming, you know, that the fulfillment is drawing near. And, and embrace this, rejoice in it, not regret it, uh, you know. I mean, do I want to go and be 20 again? No. Um, you know, sometimes I do, but, but only sometimes. Uh, I mean, basically, I, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy to, with where I am. In fact, uh, I'm, I'm looking towards the future. I'm looking to where I'm headed and see that the time on Earth is drawing, you know, less and less. And... Eternity is just around the corner. You know, it's getting nearer. So I focus on this, and therefore, of course, my sense of predestination becomes it becomes a much more important thing in my life, because I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to take with me? You know, I mean, what really is the point of making of me now going out and making a whole lot of money? I mean, if somebody wants to give it to me, well, that's fine. But I mean, I'm not, you know, why should I spend the effort to, to, to do this when I'm not going to be able to enjoy it? 
you know, why get involved in some kind of thing that, you know, in this life from which I cannot really gain much profit, even if it's a good thing. I mean, I'm still not going to get much out of it. When I'd be better off, um, you know, laying up treasure in heaven, I'd be better off praying and getting closer to God. Um, you know, it's preparing myself for, for eternity with him um, rather than wasting my time on, on things that I've just got to leave behind anyway. Uh, you, you know, and, and this sense grows more, uh, as I say, as, as we go along. Now, the other side, of course, of predestined, I mean, this is my personal testimony. This is my way of thinking about me and my life. And I recommend it to you. As, as a way of thinking about you and your life. But what about other people? What about the bigger picture? Well, of course, as I've just done with you, I encourage you to think in this way uh, because I want you to share in the sense of what it means to be called and chosen by God and to enjoy in your own life and experience the, the grace of salvation, um, you know, to to know what you can know. I mean, it's obviously not definitive until we're dead uh, and, and, and gone to be in, in heaven with him. But, you know, having said that, um, uh, to know as much as we can know and experience as much as we can experience here and now in this life, that's the fulfillment of the joy of, uh, of knowing Jesus, and that's a great and wonderful thing. That's what I encourage you to do. But what about the people to whom this means nothing? Um, I never believed that such people really existed until I became a, a, a minister, until I was ordained, and, and I became a deacon, and I went and preached church and started preaching to people on a weekly basis. And there I would be talking about Jesus and you know, the joy of the Lord and so on. And the strangest thing that would happen, I could feel in the church, I mean, some people would just lap it up. You know, they just love it. And that was good. But there'd be other people, you could just see them, you could watch them in front of you, harden. They didn't want to know about this. You know, they were not going to, to they, they just hardened against it. And there was nothing you could do. Absolutely nothing. I mean, I couldn't go to this person and say, you know, I watched you during the, the, the sermon this morning and I saw you harden. Because they wouldn't recognize it. They wouldn't know what I was saying. And I couldn't say, why are you so opposed you know, to what I'm saying. What's wrong, you know? Because again, they wouldn't recognize... These people who are hardened like that don't know it. Uh, they, they can't see this in themselves. And there's just no way you're ever going to get through to them. And sometimes they, they can be very different types of people. We had this woman in our church who'd been a missionary in New Guinea. She'd gone to preach the gospel to the headhunters in New Guinea. But somehow the headhunters had got to her instead. And she'd come back and she was very bitter. I don't know why. Something had gone wrong. But she was very bitter. 
and she was very hard in, in her heart. And I remember one time in the Easter holidays, it was Holy Week, and I'd organized um, uh, a holiday club for the young people, for the kids, you see, because they were in, the, it was the urban, it was inner London. They were just kicking a ball around in the streets, being a nuisance. So I said, well, look, come in, we'll have a, we'll do, we'll play games, we'll have a holiday club, we'll do, you know, do a little Bible study and stuff like this, just to sort of, you know, do this. Well, this was desecrating Holy Week as far as she was concerned. And the absolute worst thing, I mean, the worst thing, was I gave them orange juice and cookies for break. <gasps> and she lit into me like you would not believe, you know. Because this, A, this was Holy Week. They should be fasting. Did I know that in New Guinea, kids that age would walk for three hours, you know, to go to some all-night vigil uh, somewhere? And... Um, you know, and here was I, uh, you know, giving them cookies and, 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 and orange juice. You know, how decadent and, and pagan could I be? And I had to say, well, look, you know, of course I have, I have no idea what goes on in New Guinea, and, I'm, you know, that's fine if that's what they do. I said, but the reality is, in this place, in this time and, and so on, this is the only way you're ever going to get them, you know. I said, you can't expect these kids to be doing that kind of thing when they, they're clueless. They're just coming in off the street. They don't know anything. The fact that they're here at all is a miracle, you know, and, and, and doing what we're doing. Let's start where we are. And let's not worry too much about this. You know, if you're offended by the orange juice and the cookies, all right, I won't drink the orange juice. That's fine. I won't touch the cookies. That's fine. Uh, but, you know, don't judge another person like this. But it just sense that the, the reason, of course, you're doing all this was had nothing to do with the children, it had nothing to do with any of this. It was a hardness of heart. You know, she had just hardened against all of this, and she could not see beyond this. You know, she was trapped uh, by this. And I used to pray for her. I used to, do, you know, hope and pray that, that somehow or other she would crack. You know, that this hardness would would soften. Maybe, it, I don't know, I, it, it didn't happen in my experience. It may have happened later since in some way or other. But the sadness of seeing this, uh, you know, in somebody, because this poor woman, you know, she was losing out. I mean, it was affecting her far more than anybody else. Um, and, and she couldn't see it. I mean, she'd convinced herself that this was what God wanted, you know, she was absolutely convinced that she was doing God's will by doing this, and nobody else was. You know, she was the one that was right, and everybody else was wrong. Now, I cannot judge these people. It's not for me to say, because it's, God is sovereign, and God knows what he's doing with people, and you just have to let that be. No, but my point is that... Uh, the temptation always, and, and I felt this, you see, the temptation is to surrender, you know, to, to, to uh, try to adapt your message uh, in a way that they will then, they will accept, you know. They don't accept what you're saying, so change the message, soften it or, or alter it in some way, and maybe they'll, maybe they'll accept it. This is the temptation. You know, 
but, 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 but that's the temptation. And the temptation is to, to say, that is, is to think, well, you know, I'm not presenting it properly. I'm not getting... Now, there may be some truth in that. I'm not saying it's totally false. But, but that's, that's what you, you, you mustn't do. You see, you must never do. And this is what too many clergy do do. And, of course, they lose, they lose the plot this way because they're just, people just run rings around them. Uh, you know, they become prisoners of this sort of thing. And, uh, and you cannot. Well you, well, you can, but you shouldn't um, do that. Uh, you know, uh, hold the line and, and so on. While at the same time, praying for them always, you know, that, that God will somehow work in, in their lives. But not blaming yourself if they don't. And this is, this is the thing. I mean, I have had to learn in my own life that you can't win them all, you know, that there'll be some people you just simply have to say, I really, I've done what I can, uh, I, you know, I, I've done everything I possibly can, I cannot go chasing after them, I cannot do any more. You just have to let them go. And that's very, very hard to do, you know. Uh, and you can feel that you have a responsibility, you, you know, you, you've got to go after them. Um, but in the end, you don't. I'll just close with this. As you know, in, 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 the, in Britain, we have a, a national health service, and, and, and people are, are treated medically free and so on. But if you go to your doctor, and the doctor tells you to do this, 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 and this, and you don't do it, they don't have to treat you anymore. No. And there was a case of this. You see, there was a case of somebody who was a chain smoker, went to the doctor with all kinds of complaints. The doctor said, you must stop smoking immediately. This person didn't do it. Died. And the relatives tried to sue the doctor for not, you know, the doctor said, we can't do anything. We not, not, can't treat you. And they lost the case, thank goodness. But this has sort of set a precedent now, you see, that, that if, in this case, the doctor cannot, cannot work with, with people who, who do not hear what he's saying. And it must have been very hard for that doctor to say, look, I can't treat you any, I just can't treat you. You know, you're, 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 not, you're not open to treatment, <laughs> so forget it. But he did, and he got away with it, and now it's an established principle that if this, if this happens, um, the person concerned is no longer treated. Because, the doctor will say, it's not going to work. You know, I can, I can only work with people who hear the message. If you don't hear, um, there, there's nothing I can do. And in ministry, we have to think, we have to take the same approach, I think. You know, it sounds hard-hearted, it sounds difficult, it's very hard to do. But in the end, that's all we can do. And recognize that, I mean, God is sovereign, God knows what he's doing, God can do what he wants to do with these people. But I have come to the limit of what I can do. And I must just let them be. And this is what I understand as reprobation. You know, when Paul says, I've, con I've consigned so-and-so to Satan, you know, 
because I really can't do any more. I've done what I can, and it's just not going any further. If God wants to deal with them, he will deal with them in his way. I can't. And having that humility, which is very, very hard uh, to let happen. These courses provide a glimpse into our academic programs. Knox students can take one-week or semester-length courses in person at our South Florida campus or choose to complete a degree entirely online. By bringing together academic excellence, a vibrant community of learning, and flexible scheduling, Knox offers today's students timeless truth through modern convenience. For more information about earning credit toward a master's degree, please visit our website at knoxseminary.edu.